With everything going on, your kid's behavior may be a little, well, different. You know, I mean, we learned on an episode earlier this week that with everything in their life changing, that there might be some emotional things they're going through as well that might cause some problems at home. Today, we're looking at how we can get down on their level and help them get through this challenging time. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi. And I started Positively Dad last year just to be a resource to you so that we can get better. We do two podcast episodes every single week. On Monday, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. And then on Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. And that's what you're listening to today, one of our Dad Talk episodes. And I'm excited about the conversation because just of everything that's going on out there right now, with all the changes that we've had in our lives and and our kids being home, school being out, activities being canceled, and just the challenges that we're facing. And and with that probably comes some challenges with behavior that that maybe you're uh, you know just a little bit shorter in in uh, what you're willing to deal with, and then they are a little bit amped up. And so how can we really connect with our kids, help them, and stay in tune with what they need, and just stop fighting with them? That's going to be our conversation today. And I'm excited. We're going to talk to Dr. Brian Lewis. Dr. Lewis is a is a cardiologist. And, and so we're not talking to him about being a cardiologist. We're talking to him about being a dad. And his wife, Catherine Reynolds Lewis, was on with us a couple weeks ago. That episode is called Parents and Kids and Their Behavior, What Really Works. And I talked to both his wife and Dr. Lewis before all of this coronavirus stuff really came into the U.S. And so while we're not talking about that specifically, I believe the things that we do talk about can help us really at home right now with maybe any challenges that you might be facing when it comes to your kids, their behavior, your relationship between the two of them. I think it's a really valuable conversation and one that while, again, specifically we didn't talk about coronavirus, uh, I believe it'll help you right now. So let's jump in and do it. Dr. Lewis, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Sure, absolutely. Welcome. Uh, uh, thank you for welcoming me to your show. Of course. So first, uh, you know, we had your wife on and she did such a great job teaching us how to be great parents. And she said, you're like the best dad ever. So Aww. yeah, that's very nice. Tell us a little bit about your family and then we'll get started in our conversation. That sounds great. So we have a 15-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter, and a 27-year-old daughter. Um, and uh, Kaki and I have been uh, doing parent educating volunteer work for the last seven years and really benefiting from it. Every time we participate as volunteers, it really punches up our understanding of the, of the concepts of positive discipline. I think the thing that's really interesting is what you and I were talking about, and that is, uh, you know, just having kids doesn't necessarily make you a great parent. And I think if you talk to parents, they all think they're probably doing a pretty good job. And and you're saying, look, as parents, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves. I think so, too. I, you know, I actually disagree with the fundamental concept that you know your kids and that's enough. I, I hear that argument all the time that knowing your own kids means that you know their needs. And I think there's some truth to that, but I think the question is, is do you have a strategy for parenting that kind of underpins your whole approach? And 
as a matter of having that strategy, do you have some tools other than yelling, nagging, rewards, punishment? Because actually, none of those four tools comes up in positive discipline. Bet if you asked, I bet if you asked a parent, what is your parenting strategy? That many of them would just look at you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's a, that's a very common reaction. But you know, if you were to ask people what they want their kid to be like in ten, fifteen years, they all know what they'd like their kid to be like. They'd like them to be resilient. They'd like them to be caring. They want them to be respectful. They want them to be confident. They want them to be comfortable in their own skin. And we all want that. So that's the part of it. I think the part of it that everybody wants and that everybody's clear on is they want to have kids who are successful in all those dimensions at the end of the day. And parents generally want to spend the time and the effort to get there. But I think that, you know, it's kind of like imagining being a driver and not taking driver's ed and then saying, why don't you take over driving to the mall and parking the car? And for a lot of parents, they're just going to do it the way they've either seen it done in their home of origin, or they're just going to take a whack at it. And the fact of the matter is, is that I, I think there are just some merits to thinking about it from a whole different perspective. And that is, is what are the ideas behind uh, a particular strategy? In our case, it's positive discipline. And what would be a representative tool other than nagging, yelling, rewards and punishment. And most people are pretty tired of using the tools that they already have. Well, and because as we've discussed many times on this show, it, those those tools aren't working. So I'm curious about how you and your wife came to the realization that you had to, I guess, invest in yourselves as parents so that you could be good ones. That's a, that's a great question. You know, I think... Um, the most common way that parents come to the particular nonprofit that we uh, have gained so much from is they come in a time of need. And I think that's great. I think to come to uh, a book or a friend or an educator or a nonprofit in a time of need is going to prime your mind better than, you know, taking a parenting education course when you haven't had a child yet, or we oftentimes see people coming when their kids are one or two years old, and that's nice. In fact, in fact what's really nice about it is, is that it serves the paradigm that parenting education is really to try to make changes in ourselves. It's not really to try to make changes in our children. But the problem becomes that if you're not in a time of need, it may not be quite crystal clear to you how these things work. And I do recommend that if people read a good book or take a good parenting education course, that they bring to that moment what's bothering you in your family right now, what's really vexing you, what's troubling you, what's challenging you, and to try to use that opportunity to try something different. I always like to say, you know, this is a process of adding a tool to your, uh, to your toolbox or a golf club to your golf bag not so much to whack your kid with it, but just to have something different in there than just yelling, nagging, uh, and rewards and punishment. So how have you then grown as a father as you've, you know, become more curious about what it's like to be a great parent? Oh, that's a great question. 
So, you know, again, I think people will use what they have, and I think what they typically have is what they grew up with. And you can talk about that set of approaches being exactly what you subscribe to or exactly what you're rebelling from, but in any case, that's going to be your perspective. You could say that, you know, uh, in my case, I grew up in a fairly authoritarian home, so people who come up in the ranks through authoritarian upbringing, they're probably going to be either subscribing or far, far away from an authoritarian approach. But that doesn't really take you toward or away from positive discipline. So I would say that originally, for me, it was just, you know, how stern am I going to be? And I would, I would, I would suggest that in a positive discipline context, Stern isn't really the issue. People, I think people feel like if I can't get compliance, then there's something not happening successfully in my parenting. And the truth of the matter is, is that you're really not looking for compliance. You're really looking for a connection, a really, really super strong connection to your kids in combination with coaching them on what the needs of the situations are that they find themselves in. What's the need of the situation ringing a doorbell saying hello to somebody? What's the need of the situation picking up the telephone? What's the need of the situation washing a car? What's the need of a situation getting your homework done? And all those needs of the situation are going to be needs that aren't really compliance to us as parents. It's really helping your child understand that they're going to be out there on their own. They're not going to be relying on us. They're going to be out there on their own. And the sooner that they can... Uh, uh, figure out the needs of the situation and how to deal with it, the easier it's going to be for them to be successful in life and to be confident. And the less we get in the way by fighting with them, the better. That's been the theme on the podcast over the last few weeks is exactly that, setting our kids up to really be great adults and, um, and, and doing that through understanding them. I think that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And I, I think about, you know, episode we had with your wife who was on Monday that she, I mean, her book is about discipline. So clearly you two are on the same page. Is this, is this how you've always parented or is this something that's grown <laughs> over time? So um, I really, really caution people that this idea that, you know, it's always been this way in our family or it's always been this way in anybody's family. I don't think that paradigm makes a lot of sense. Because number one, you want to have two different people parenting. You know, you want to have two different people in your marriage, in your relationships, uh, uh, in your significant relationships. You want to have different people. So number one, you always want to have different ideas. Number two, the chance that you're going to have two identical perspectives in terms of, you know, how people were raised or how much education in their pursuit of becoming a better and more educated and more aware parent. I just think that that's not, it's not really the reality of it. So in our case, I, I would say we've kind of leapfrogged through the materials over the years, and we try to bring the same sorts of concepts as we're using with the kids toward each other. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, one of the great examples of really letting kids grow through learning, trying things, having a crack at it, making mistakes, learning from their mistakes. It's that concept of giving them 
the space and the first crack to do things. Um, as a cardiologist, I'll give you an example. I can teach my trainees how to move the x-ray table, which is very unintuitive. Or I can say to them, for the next minute, would you do me a favor? Put your hands on the table, move it around, and you, you figure it out because I've never been able to beat that method by telling people how it works. And I think that when you let your kids take first crack at things, they're going to understand that you're not going to interrupt them. You're not going to get in the way while they're trying it, and you're not going to laugh at them when they fail. So that's the same thing that I'm asking Tacky to do when I want to take a crack at things as a dad. There's going to be things that moms are going to be naturally experienced at in terms of parenting. They spend a lot of time with kids. And I always ask Tacky, would you give me the same kind of first crack at it as we would be talking about giving the kids? Interesting. Does she ever just say, go read chapter four? <laughs> um, you got to be a little um, humble when you ask people, <laughs> when you ask people to kind of follow the book. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm using the word the book metaphorically because there's a lot of good books out there. Sure. But I think, I think every once in a while it's tempting to say, you know, remember mm-hmm. when we were talking about this in class, remember you, you know, kind of committed to doing it this way. But, you know, I think we do hold each other's feet to the fire. We also have a lot of, uh, what's the word? We, we try, to, try to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And the other yeah. thing, too, is, is that, it's really super nice when you're giving your kids first crack at things because oftentimes they'll come up with solutions that you didn't come up with and then they actually mm-hmm. get it. And I think, you know, of all the things that are kind of the big, big gifts in terms of parenting, it's to say to your kid, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to get all this stuff packed for the trip. You've got to get packed for the trip. I've got to get packed for the trip. What are your ideas? And then they come up with an idea that makes no sense to you. And then they try the idea and it succeeds. And then you think mm-hmm. to yourself, wow, I, I didn't realize how early in their lives they're ready to take over. They're really, really ready earlier than I thought. So you're saying, too, that our kids are, um, they just, you know, we don't give them enough credit sometimes, but they're more creative maybe than we think and we've got to allow them to show that yeah and and the truth of the matter is is that if i had a choice between solving it my way and solving it in a way that they come up with the good thing about the way they come up with solving solutions around the house is that whether it works or not they're going to be all in they get all in when it's their idea yeah, that's pretty smart. Okay, so you are are heavily involved in an organization. You guys live in Maryland. You're heavily involved in an organization there that does help teach, um, you know, t- teach parents how to parent. What are some of the big things you've learned in that? So, um, you know, when I was growing up, the idea that everybody in the family is equally respected was kind of ludicrous because it was all tied up in leadership and in chain of command. And you don't want to think of leadership and chain of command. People don't like to think of leadership and chain of command in terms of equality, but it's that equality of respect and equality of communications and equality of support 
that that's really at the heart of the of the model. So in our home, I think the first thing that changed was to say, however early the kids can participate in a family meeting or problem solving or you know cleanups or whatever it is, we're going to have equal respect around the table and equal support around the table, but we're going to be sure to keep it straight in our own heads as parents that there's only two leaders in the family. The kids are not going to be in charge of leading. And that really helps us to kind of keep the, keep the chain of command straight. And we say that to the kids all the time. You know, everybody's welcome. Everybody's participating. Everybody's respected. There's only two parents in the family. But that's cool because, you know, we're going to invite everybody to participate. Do you feel that your kids feel like they have a voice? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, we'll go into, you know, public places, and the kids will oftentimes say, I don't think that family is familiar with the uh, positive discipline stuff that we're doing. So it's, it's kind of immediately apparent when you see, and, and, you know, it's understandable how people can be persuaded or romanced into an authoritarian mindset. The thing about an authoritarian mindset is, is that it is the best success for immediate compliance. If, you know, if, if your house is on fire and you have to get the kids out of the house, you don't want to use positive discipline to do it. You want to use authoritarian mindset because you have to scream at everybody and you have to get them out of the house. If the kids are running into the street, it's a perfectly good time to yell. But, you know, it's just so uncommon that your house is burning down that it, it really leaves about 99% of the rest of life being those opportunities where it really doesn't matter if you succeed in the moment. I mean, you may think that it matters greatly in the moment to get to school on time, to get to work on time, to get the test prep done on homework. All these things, they, yeah, they matter, but do they matter enough that you would skip the step of taking years to learn how to do it? And you have to Take those years with, you know, with, with the lumps of, you know, honey, this is your homework. It's not my homework. And if you don't succeed this time, you know, we can talk about what support you need, but then maybe you'll succeed the next time. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of parents, they feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's all about today. Today, if we don't succeed today, something's wrong. And my opinion is, if we're only succeeding today, probably there's no growth mindset. There's probably no, no learning happening. And you can kind of see it in, in, I'll tell you where you can really see it is on the soccer field. I did a lot of youth coaching. And when you see the coach say, no, move to your left. It's just, you know, it's like thinking of the kids as being like puppets. And then you've lost that opportunity where the kid, first of all, you, you never want a kid on the field looking at the coach. They should be looking at the ball. And that's the way we think of it at home is, is you know, honey, I'm staying out of your way. I think you're in the middle of this. And I I just, you know, you can always come to me for questions, but this is your homework. You can figure it out. Yeah. And if you can't figure it out, then we'll deal with that problem. Right. I'll help you. That's my job as your dad is to be able to help you out with things. And you're going to get a shot at it too. Okay. So if you've got a dad listening now who's going, all right, I get it. I hear you. I'm yelling at him to go get ready and, um, you know, stuff like that. What advice would you give to them to make that transition? Because I imagine that, you know, if we've been programmed one way, it might take a while to develop that style and for it to be effective. 
it really does. And, um, you know, I like Kathy's book, um, The Good News About Bad Behavior. There's another book that I like as well. Um, it's very short. It's it's uh, Jane Nelson's Positive Discipline. So, you know, I've read Jane Nelson's book probably eight or ten times. And I think it's just a lifelong process of trying to embrace something that's not natural. It's not natural for us to want to stand to the side or a little bit behind our kids. I think it was, it was Vicki Huffle, uh, Duct Tape Parenting. I think it, it was Vicki Huffle who said, better to stand a little bit to the side and a little bit behind your kids rather than to kind of pull them from the front. And in order to really make that major shift, I think it's good to take a class, uh, by the way, there's lots of good online programming from Parent Encouragement Program Kensington, uh, PEP. But whatever it is that you do, if you take a class, uh, especially like an intro webinar, uh, if you read that book, I think that it, be, it starts to become clear that there's just, you know, a lot of golf clubs that you can add to your bag. It's not about one golf club. I think that w what we've seen from television and movies is that the good parent is oftentimes portrayed as a clever repartee or a clever line. And I, ca I can barely think of a line in the entire PEP curriculum that kind of stands in for the whole strategy. Maybe, maybe this might be a good one. Um, I always like this one. Um, honey, I'm feeling a little bit frustrated, angry, and out of my mind right now. I know that you're feeling a little bit out of your own mind, but this is a problem that I want to solve with you. So let's do this. Let's go cool off, but I promise we'll come back to solving it. And when you put those three, four sentences together, what you're hearing there is, is number one, you care to talk to your kids when they're upset. Number two, you do not expect them to problem solve when they're out of their minds. Number three, you're always there. You're basically saying to them, you know, I really care about you, and I know that, you know, I'm not in my right mind right now. But you know what? I'm there for you. And let's commit to, to solving this problem. And then the fourth thing, which is so interesting, is this idea that you're always modeling for your kids. You're just always modeling for your kids. You say to your kids things like, I don't know, or I apologize, or what do you think? I'm not really the person in charge of that. It's, it's really your responsibility. Um, things that you... Um, that you give over to them. You're modeling that kind of uh, shared responsibility and coaching. It seems like such a shift for many people. I know that in the time that I've started the podcast, I've learned so much about it that Terry and I have been kind of purposeful in changing and looking at what we do on a daily basis. So what would you want the takeaway? If you were sitting down with a dad for a few minutes and you just said, look, here's the one yeah. thing that was going to make you a better dad, what is that? Oh, oh, that's great. Um, you know, it's interesting. In my mind, I think of, you know, some of these positive discipline concepts as being super easy. And then some of them are fairly complicated. But I'll give you a really good example of super, super easy. A super easy concept that I like everybody to think about. It's almost like idiot proof. Is the idea that anything that you're about to say to your child Try to figure out a way that turns on the word yes. 
So when, you're, when your child says to you at age five, um, I know, you asked me what we should do this weekend, I think we should go to Disneyland. You might say, that's a great idea. I love that idea. Let's find a time that we can do that. And it sends the message to the kid, they know. I mean, kids are so smart. They know that you're not going to Disneyland, you know, without planning it. But it's sending the message, I love that idea. Well, that's, that's a really great idea. You know, Dad, can we buy a new house? Because this one's nice, but we could even get a bigger one. And to be able to say to your kids, man, you've got a great imagination. I want to hear more about that. And so in your mind, you're, you're, you're thinking, yes, yes, yes. And you've avoided unnecessarily. It's almost like we unnecessarily want to say to our kids, nah. And I think for some reason, to the growing mind, to a young person, they don't really want to hear no. It, it, no doesn't help them very much. Um, so that would be one. There's a, there's a couple of others. One other that I really like is um, is is, um, uh, is 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 to think about pestering behavior um, as being natural and mistaken behavior that kids are bringing to you all day, all the time. And when they're pestering you, one of the strategies that comes up, which is a wonderful strategy, is to hold them close but not talk directly to them and not look directly at them while you're busy. They'll pester you while you're on the phone. Just give them a big hug, bring them up alongside you, and, uh, and don't give them any direct attention. But on the other hand, when you're off the phone, you say to them, you know, I really want to have time with you. Let's schedule some time together. And I don't know how familiar you are, James, with special time, but special time is kind of the, you know, it's kind of the flip side of that, that pestering is to say to them, I can't wait to be with you. And I'll re I really want to schedule time with you this week. Let's, how about when I pick you up from school on Thursday, how about if we have our own special time for 15 minutes on the playground or whatever? What is your idea? And let the kid drive, drive the activity. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, Brian, you've offered us so much, and your wife did as well. We've learned so much from both of you. I guess we've got to figure out who, who in your family is going to be on next. Um, <laughs> thank great. you. Thank you so much for sharing. If people are curious about the, the program or the class that you, you guys are involved in and help teach, where can they get more info? Yeah, go to pepparent.org, P-E-P-P-A-R-E-N-T.org. The name of awesome. the organization is, is Parent Encouragement Program. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate what you've offered to us today. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, James, thank you. Great stuff from Dr. Lewis. I trust it helped you uh, just kind of get some ideas about how you can truly connect with your kids, be in relationship with them, um, and you're learning from a dad that's doing it. And he gave you some resources that you can check out as well. You know, our goal right now is to be a resource for you as well. That's why we're doing so many podcasts about how to help families during this COVID-19 pandemic. And so if you go to PositivelyDad.com, you can see a ton of stuff we've done there or wherever you're listening to these podcasts. Just go back and look at some of them we've done to really help you right now. And if you've enjoyed them, would you share them with people? Post them on your Facebook, uh, you know, email them out to your friends. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the podcast. That would be great too. And then connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Super easy to find. Just search Positively Dad. And then finally, if you or someone you know would be a great guest, email me. Let me know. James at PositivelyDad.com. And I'd love to have you or them on. 
Hey, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. I'm James Shaw. Have a good one. Bye-bye.